Welcome to the Heart of the Father podcast. We're glad you're here and able to listen in. We're praying the Lord will speak to your heart through this message and that you be transformed more and more into the image of Christ. You know, one of the things that I enjoy so much about youth is, you know, we need to be, um, especially in ministry, we need to be relational. We need to be able to um, understand people and meet them where they're at. I love this phrase. uh, Am I doing okay here, Jake? Um, I love this phrase, uh, incarnational. I've always loved it. It's a theological phrase. It means uh, God came down from where he was to meet us where we're at so that he can bring us to where he is. And what I love about youth ministry is we, I don't get to just share about a God that fits in our, our, our little bubble or that little nice compartment in our lives, right? Um, I'm speaking from the perspective of being, uh, I call them EC Christians, Easter Christmas Christians. Anybody uh, been an EC Christian before? Okay, two people. So... Uh, But an easy Christian, you know, we just kind of put God in this box, but I really believe that we have the opportunity in ministry, especially in youth, to not paint a God, uh, like Abby said, that, that is only catering to us and all that stuff, but we get to paint a God that is so big that he destroys that box and reorients everything in our lives. Amen? And that's what he wants to do. Um... So for the remainder of our time, um, I would like to speak two things. Everybody say two things. I want to speak into two things that I, I see the Lord doing here at Heart of the Father. And I really, I really appreciate and I love Aaron's choice of songs and how he's led by the Holy Spirit. I love how God just kind of brings things together. Um, there you are. Uh, love that guy right there. We've been in friendship for about eight to nine years and uh, just amazing. But uh, one of the things, two of the things that, that were said today was begging the question, is he worthy? You ever ask yourself that question lately? You know, Brandon's been talking about us reflecting um, about what, what the next course of our lives look like and I've been asking myself that question in the midst of troubles and trials and hard things and good things. Is he worthy? I want to ask you that today because I believe within these two things I'm going to go after as best as I can. Um, The Lord's examining our foundation. He's calling attention to our foundation. We sang about this morning. Is it really built on the foundation of his love? Or is it built by something else? We got to ask ourselves that question because the days ahead will force us to answer it, right? So two things that I believe the Lord is speaking and what I see him doing here at Heart of the Father. Number one, you feel free to write this down. I'm going to try to be as clear as possible. Number one, slow down. Slow down to attune with God. That word attune means to be receptive. 
means when somebody's speaking, I'm listening. That word attune means to be aware. Kind of has this implication that I need to wake up, I need to pay attention. And this word attune also means harmony. Harmony, it's congruent, it's together. It's not separated. So we need, I believe the Lord would say to you and I today that it's time for us to slow down. When he's looking at our foundation, we need to slow down for what purpose? To attune with him. To get in harmony with him. To be in step with him. You know, Brandon named his baby Cadence because part of that is to bring Cadence a pace to the way of their living. And so here's the problem that we have. We're too busy. Our lives are so busy. They're so noisy. They're so full of, uh, Barry, this is one of the wrestles Barry and I talk about, the air of humanism where everything's about you and, you know, we've, we've got this like, uh, there's this pull in the world of, of self-autonomy, like you just, you know, you embrace your truth, you do what you want. And that self-will, that self-freedom that we want, it always leads us back to ourselves. It doesn't lead us to God. And the pull of the culture is like a rat race. It's this rat race. You guys know what I'm talking about? It's like this rat race for success where, where the way that you define success, the way that you find the place that you look for your identity and your value as a person, there is a pull in the world that we sometimes are not aware of because it's the air of humanism. We breathe it in. We kind of just don't think about it. You know, we turn on TV, scroll through Facebook, Instagram, whatever, go about our business. And the pull of the world will, will leave us feeling empty. You ever been, found yourself lacking peace, lacking joy? Just everything is so noisy, right? As Christians, we try to fight against that where we wanna try and slow down and, and, and go, man, God, I, like make your voice clear. And then if, if we're being honest here, there are times where we just couldn't care less. We'll show up on Wednesday and Sunday and give the fumes that we have, give the leftovers. You know, secretly part of the problem with not slowing down is that we go to our secret vices when we leave church and we leave service and we leave Christian family and all of the, you know, the nice things. When we're talking about foundation, um, you can pull up the scripture, Jeremiah 2, 13. We run to these things called broken cisterns. They can never really fill us up. This is what Jeremiah would say. It says, my people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and they've dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. Here's the funny thing about when you and I 
stay in pace with the world and try to balance our Christianity. It's that we will, we're trying to like please two different factions. I hope I'm making sense this morning. There's two different factions pushing and pulling and trying to yank you for your attention. And I want to call attention to it because sometimes we're not aware. We're not aware of it. And that, that tension, if, if we obey Christ or it's kind of just, just go through the motions, be busy, you know, like, and this is not uh, uh, to beat us up, but, you know, we, we've got jobs, we've got kids, we've got family things, you got financial issues, you got health things, you got just all kinds of, of things going on. Anybody had car issues? I feel like that's the most frustrating. Car issues. Boy, they'll, they'll stop you in your tracks. Car issues. But the thing about these broken cisterns is they, they can't deliver. They can't hold the fresh water that you need that comes from when you slow down and you attune with God and you find peace. And we so desperately need that. But can I just tell you a little secret today? Can I tell you that you will forever be frustrated trying to achieve those two different standards? You're go- Don't be surprised if you are feeling the pull of the world and then the pull of God and you're like, God, I can't hear your voice, but I don't want to let go. God, I really want to slow down, but secretly, I really like being busy. Because then I don't have to be in quiet where all of the truth that's in me, I have to deal with it. You know, secretly we love busyness. I'm, I'm confessing that. I love busyness. We love entertainment. And I just want to kind of go after that thing because it's so, it's such an enemy of God sometimes. It's funny that the, the vices that we run to Especially, hopefully, as, as Christians, they're not uh, inherently evil things. But we run to the things that, that Christ allowed us to partake of, but then we make them the place that he's supposed to have. We give them his place, and they become broken cisterns that can't actually bring refreshing into our heart. And I want to tell you the reason why you and I need to slow down and attune with God is because he wants to minister. He wants to speak to you. He wants to bring language to the things in your heart that you so long for. Is there anybody in here that feels like they need to slow down? Come on. I need to slow down too. But this is a problem, right? You ever been uh, around somebody where... Uh, and I'm using this word congruent a lot, but it's like uh, their, their words don't match their tone. Here's an example. I'm not angry. You guys know what I'm talking about? I'm not mad. Or I'm hungry. I'm hungry. So, you know, these, these, these things that we do, right? You ever been around somebody that just kind of oozes or bleeds on you? They're like sucking the life out of you. You ever been around those people? They're not enjoyable to be around, right? The thing about being Christians is that instead of, uh, Barry would say this, instead of being a drain pipe, we're called to be supply lines. 
And we can't, I'm telling you, you and I, I, I know this because of experience. You and I will forever be frustrated trying to give what we don't have. I hope somebody can catch that today. Stop running to the vices that can't deliver. Some of us would say amen to it, but then go back home and do the same thing. We secretly embrace performance because we think that it gives fulfillment and it might temporarily. Lecrae would say it like this. If you live for people's praise, you will die by their rejection. And I want to call heart of the father and it doesn't have to start in 2024. It can start today. I want to call us to slow down. Examine your pace. Something I'm really trying to do in my own life. Like tell myself, listen, that thing can't deliver. Am I against watching, uh, I did this yesterday, watching the in-season uh, NBA tournament and, and kind of staying up and go to sleep. And I'm not against any of that. I'm not against video games necessarily or I don't know, uh, just doing whatever that you enjoy for, for fun. I'm not against those things as long as they point you to God. And that they actually bring some form of rest. But this pull, man, I'm telling you, this pull, it's like we, we, we define ourselves, by, we, and we don't realize it, right? We define ourselves, our success, our achievements, our, our sense of value and our peace. And it's based off of what we can do. What we can offer, and there, there is truth to that in, in some form of fashion, but if you keep giving and giving, but you're not receiving, you're not going to have a message to give to a lost world. You and I will have nothing to give the broken and the lost and the hurting. You know, I think about this, uh, you can pull up Luke 10, I think about this this story of Mary and Martha, such a, a sobering scripture. And you guys know that story. Luke 10, 38. Before I, I share this, I, I really believe the Lord in his mercy is helping us to ask ourselves this question so that we can slow down and actually be okay in our skin. Right, I read the scripture, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. Raise your hand if you ever got on Instagram or Facebook and you got off after an hour and you're like, wow, I feel so content about my life. I'm so grateful for what I have. Right? That's part of the rat race. Bigger is better. What do you have to offer? You got any gifts to give performance so I think Luke 10 has a little something to say about that verse 38 says this as Jesus and his disciples were on their way he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said listen to this but Martha was 
distracted. Everybody say distracted. Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Who loves siblings? Boy, you little tattletale. Martha, oh, come on. Can you hear the, the voice of Jesus saying this? Martha, Martha. The Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. I draw a couple of conclusions when I think about this slowing down and the busyness of life. Think about how Martha was the one that invited Jesus and his posse into her home. And can you imagine the feeling of being Martha and doing all, the Bible says doing all the things she had to do. They were legit things, right? Jesus enters your home, you better believe I'm trying to cook a five-star meal. I'm not giving him hamburger helper, McDonald's, that kind of stuff. I mean, I'll eat it, but. Um, you know, but there's preparations that need to be done, right? And I could imagine that being in her home and Jesus is teaching and Mary's sitting there that she's probably within earshot. She can hear a couple things that he's saying. And it's interesting because the th we don't know too, too much about you know, how they're feeling, what they're doing. But notice the three words that describe Martha in her dealing with the preparations she had to make. Distracted. Worried, upset. Do any of you find yourself distracted, worried, or upset today? I'm not angry. I'm not angry. I'm not upset. Here's the funny thing about being Martha is that you and I can invite Jesus in and be within earshot of what he's speaking in the words of life that he's imparting, but you and I can be too busy, too distracted, too worried, and too upset to slow down. I look at Mary and I think to myself, man, I mean, when you love somebody, it's, it's easy to do things for them. It's easy to submit. It's easy to stop. And everything else can be on hold. And it's so interesting to me that Mary actually enjoyed. She delighted in hearing God. I'm sure she knew that there were some preparations, some things that needed to be done. But then Jesus, you would think Jesus was like, yep, you better fix all, you know, you better clean the dishes and all that stuff. And then you can hear me. But there's a window, right? Because we know Jesus was not there for a long time. And Jesus says, she's chosen the better thing. And I wanna tell you, I believe God would say to us today, if you slow down, you're not gonna miss out on anything. There are preparations to be made. There are things to do. But we gotta make sure we're in tune with him. You know, I think one of the big problems 
with us being busy and all of that is, I think it, it draws attention to the word delight. What do I actually enjoy? What do I actually delight in? And when I think of Mary just sitting at the feet of Jesus, I think, man, I wonder if I would have made the same trade. I wonder if I, was, I would get caught being too busy doing things for him instead of st- sitting down and listening to him. You know, I've been a Christian for 17 years now. I'm 30 and surrendered my life to Jesus at 13. And I believe the Lord would ask this, us this question today, but I've been asking myself, Mick, after 17 years, do you still love Jesus? Has your passion for me waned? Has it grown weary? Has your love for me gotten complicated? I wanna ask you that question. How's your love for God been lately? This is not to beat you up, this is this is healthy for us to ask this question because for the days ahead, right, we've been in this series about the end times. For the days ahead, you and I need a strong foundation. The love of most will grow cold. And you and I will not even begin to think about making hard sacrifices or obeying God if we don't actually delight in him. Because it's our delight in him and allowing his delight over us to root us deep that will keep us unshakable for the times ahead. But I want to ask you that same question as we're at the end of the year examining our foundation. What's your love and passion for like for Jesus? And I realize, like, we, we talked about this yesterday, a group of guys, you know, um, you really kind of measure, and, and this is the humanism thing again, hear me. We measure our passion for God about what kind of sacrifices we made for him. Well, you know, I, uh, I think, isn't there a story where Barry, like you change yourself to the abortion clinic and you're like, I, I'm, not opening the, I'm not letting y'all open this door, right? We do radical things for God when we first uh, discover him or, or surrender our lives for him. We jump in worship and we, we clap our hands when we shout unapologetically. And my question for us today is after all these years for those seasoned Christians in the room, is that still real? I, I, I know like, like we have phases in life, you know, when you first discover him, you kind of do these crazy things for him and you think you're holy and then you get into a relationship. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And you're trying to measure your holiness. And then you're like, dang, if you're being real with yourself, hopefully you don't figure this out only in marriage, but you're like, whoa, I got some stuff to work on. Got some baggage. And then you get married and you're like, surely I've just done God's best. Like, this is gonna be awesome. And then you're like, wow, there's there's some stuff that needs to get worked out of me. Here's the next step. Then you have a child. And then you're like, the world is ending. 
I don't know what I'm doing. Help! Right? And, and I, I do want to bring some relief to those that um, are feeling pressure from that. Like God, God sees, we talked about this, right? The, God sees the widow's might. He, I don't believe that he measures uh, the sacrifice and, and you know, all of those kinds of things only based on like uh, the, the same thing, no matter what the season. He, he cares for the widow's might. I think about this, like God doesn't ask us to give him what we don't have. He asks us to get, give him what we do have, right? So what Nolan kind of shared. But I ask myself, man, like when it comes to making sacrifices and obeying God, what is my passion? What is the, what is the engine that's driving my life, that's defining success, that's causing me to look for things, look to things for value and contentment, right? He's asking that question. I'm asking myself this like, God, after all these years, do I still love you? Am I really willing to slow down when I secretly love being busy and being around doing things for you but not being alone with you? It's kind of scary when you get alone before God, maybe this is the thing that we're afraid of, but we're, we're afraid to admit, is that when you get alone before God, you have to face your disinterest with him. It's no longer tongue in cheek. It's like, no, dude, I really love him. And so I'm willing to discipline myself. I'll pick on a few people here, but... Knowledge is one of my, my closest friends back there and he was sharing with me recently how the Lord has been really moving in his life and how he's been more excited for the things of God and, and all of that. And, you know, just to put you on the spot, I've noticed it's, it is in part, largely in part, to him slowing down. He's like, you know what, I'm gonna limit our, myself on these freedoms that I have and you know, he's, he's honing his skill on the base and going after God. And it, it's apart from any title that he has or anything like that. But I want to call us, you and I, the Lord is calling you and I to slow down and ask ourselves, what is the passion that's driving us? And I really want to be clear about this. Like, you can't have both. We can't define success, value, and identity on God, but then live like the world. We can't. You know why? Here's another secret. That's where self-hatred comes from. Because you define yourself by how the world sees and how the world provides success. But then we're like, well, God, love me. We can't. Because you know what happens? I hate myself. I hate myself because I'm not doing the things I know I should be doing and I'm doing the things that I actually really want to do. So the question is, what do I actually delight in? And after all these years of being a Christian, I'm asking the Lord, Lord, if there is a lack of love and delight, like true enjoyment and delight in the Lord, would you please remove that and place something fresh in my life. And he wants to do that. 
Don't wait for 2024. He wants to do that today, heart of the Father. Come on, if you want him to birth that within you today, can you say amen? I want that. So we'll never have a passion for God. Don't be surprised by this. We won't have a passion for God if we don't actually enjoy him. It's impossible. You can't have a passion for God and slow down and attune with him if you actually don't love him. If you don't enjoy him. Right, think about like, uh, I don't know if Matt Wetmiller's in here or not. I told him I was, I was gonna pick on some of y'all, but he, uh, he's a, a gym owner. He works out all the time, wakes up at ungodly hours like Malia at like four in the morning where I'm like thinking about, I don't know, the formation of chairs with Dave and whatnot at four in the morning in my dreams. And just so y'all know. Um, but, uh, you know, as a, as a businessman and as somebody that owns a gym, it'd be really poor marketing if he hated working out. What do you think about that? Like, I wouldn't sign up for your gym, bro. Right? But he does it, though, because he, he, and he makes sacrifices like waking up and eating certain things because he really enjoys it, and he loves it, and he believes in it. And so, that's what I mean by attuning. Like, God wants to get us in right alignment with the things of God so that we can move forward. How many of you want to move forward with full confidence, right? With full confidence, with full reassurance, with I don't care what people think, I'm going for Jesus. So what is the solution? The solution is I have to begin to wean myself of the broken cisterns and the fake loves and distractions. I need to stop telling myself, you and I, we need to stop telling ourselves that we have more freedom to do things that God paid for instead of doing the things that he wanted us to do when he sacrificed, when he gave his son to live for him, right? What does Matthew 28 say? It says, go into all the world, preach the gospel. I don't care if you're a business person, you got kids, you're a stay-at-home mom, you're a teacher. We're called to go into all of the world and make disciples, preach the gospel, teaching his disciples to obey his commands. And I do that because I really believe I really enjoy and I really trust what God says. We need to stop telling ourselves that these broken cisterns can actually help us, can actually bring refreshment to us because they can for a moment, but they'll never last. Right, Jesus says, if you come to him and you eat of the bread that he gives and you drink from his cup, you'll never go hungry. You'll never go thirsty. And he, I believe he wants to meet us when we slow down, when we slow down. So resetting the pace and making room, right? We're talking about slow down, get in alignment with God. I think about my relationship with Sonia. Does anybody know What's like the number one thing that you hear, like the number one piece of advice that you hear that's key 
in relationships. Can anybody say it? Communication. Oh, you guys know it, right? Y'all are experts. <laughs> Communication, right? Communication. And so uh, when I think about the pace that my wife and I run at, and it's not always the same in every season, we try to give our widow's might, but um, we, we, we kind of check, like, how fast are we running? And there are times where uh, I get home, uh, it's kind of a pet peeve, but Sonia and I will talk about this and wrestle it out, and I get home, and I, I have to take off the pastor hat, and I have to put on the dad and the husband hat that will do the dishes and cook a meal and hold Judah and allow Sonia to breathe a little bit. And sometimes I'll be, you know, stressed about ministry and it's like shifting gears and I gotta go er, from fifth gear all the way down to second. Ah, just breathe and, and attune with her. And she may be running at a certain pace and she's not able to be attentive to my needs or the same for me with her. And what it calls me to do is to slow down. Why? Because I want, I want to be clear about my end goal, right? Part of the rat race is sometimes we don't think to ourselves, where do I want to end? What do I want the result to be of all of this? Well, as a Christian, you and I, it should be to honor God. It should be to love him. It should be to be with him. It should be for his glory, and so when I slow down, it allows me and Sonia, Sonia and I to come in together, right? I believe that as you slow down, many of the marriages here at Heart of the Father, maybe you've been feeling like your spouse is going too fast or maybe it's you going too slow. But if you guys would begin to communicate, if we would begin to communicate even with the Father and slow down with the goal of attuning, you and I will have greater unity than ever before. And therefore, when we face hard things, we can do it with confidence. We can do it piercing through darkness. Reminds me of this scripture talking about pace. Song of Solomon 1.4 says this. It says, draw me after you and let us run together. I think about the Lord drawing heart of the Father close. He wants you to be attuned with him. He wants you to walk in step with him. And so we have to ask ourselves in the busyness of maybe even Christian humanism where we are doing things for God and just, you know, defining and all of that stuff. We have to ask ourselves, am I willing to slow down? Because he's drawing you. He's drawing you and I in worship today. He's drawing us to him. You can feel the pull in the room. Is he worthy? Is he worthy? Yeah, we know from the Bible he's worthy. But I got a question for you and I today. Is he worthy of your life? Is he worthy for you and I to slow down and maybe check, redefine success? Where am I really placing my value at the end of the day when I lay my head on the pillow. Draw me after you and let us run together. How well are you in tune with the Lord this morning? 
Is your passion for God the thing that is driving you? Or is it the need to be successful? Because like Lecrae would say, I'm gonna reference this. He says, if you live by man's praise, you will die by their rejection. Y'all, that is so real. Here's the benefits of slowing down, attuning with God, getting in right alignment. It's cutting out the distractions and, and listening in. I, I love the young prophet Samuel. He's a little boy in the temple and he's listening. He says, speak for your servant is listening. Such a beautiful story. But the beauty of right alignment with Jesus is that we, we get into a place where we actually enjoy him. Right, I think about, can you, can you just take a moment as I, as I share some of these things? Maybe just think about the first moments when you met Jesus. When you were so lost, when you were so broken. When you didn't know how to love. You didn't know what purpose was. You didn't have direction for your life and he met you. And he flipped your world upside down. I don't know about you, but I want to get back to those tender moments. I believe the Lord would tell us today, I want you to slow down because I want to breathe on your passion again. Some of you are feeling tired and weary and broken. The Lord wants you to slow down. Be with him. He's drawing you away to get alone. It's that place where we enjoy him, where we're being loved by him where our obedience is not like half, but it's, it's joyful. I'm so excited to obey God because I know he's gonna be honored and I love loving him. It's a place of contentment even in the midst of uncertainties. And it's a place of peace. My desire, you can pull up Matthew 13. I hope that you and I, our desire this morning is like Matthew 13. I find this just to be such a powerful display of somebody that is attuned with God, that their passion is driving them, that their delight is in God, their value, their uh, no sacrifice is too big. No amount of obedience is too hard. Matthew 13, just to give you a preface, this is right after the parable of the sower, right? We're talking about the condition of the heart. It's talking about the wheat and the tares. This comes right after. So check this out. Matthew 13, 44. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Next scripture. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything. Somebody say everything. He sold everything he had and bought it. You know what I ask myself when I look at that scripture? I told John I was gonna pick on him. 
I ask myself, what possessed these people? What gripped these people so much that they made such massive sacrifices? What was in the heart of this person? Right, so the business guys in here, John and Joe and several others, as investors, you're not gonna make sacrifices that you don't think will have good returns, do you? No. If you're selling everything, it's because you're convinced. You know what you're investing in is gonna pay off. It's worth it. And I think about that Matthew 13. Man, he sold everything that he had. And out of joy, out of joy, it was his delight. He's like, oh my gosh, dude, you can't believe, I'm not telling anybody, I've got this thing, I'm buying the whole field. I'm buying the whole field. Some may say, it's crazy, I don't care, I found the pearl of great price. I don't know about you today, but I want that to be my desire again. After all these years, hopefully I'm speaking to the seasoned Christians today, that you don't find your love waning and diminishing after all these years. But that because you found the pearl of great price, nothing is too hard for you. You'll make sacrifices because it's your great delight and it's your joy. I want that to be my desire. I want that to be my desire because the delight of heaven and the glory of Jesus is worth investment. Can you agree with that? Say amen. 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 So if I got a little bit of time here still, I'll try to be short. It's 1149. We have till about two. So Um, my leaders are laughing because I always go over the time in youth group. So, but hey, we can sit through a two hour movie, right? So number one, I believe the Lord is speaking this over us. It's time to slow down. It's time to check your foundation because the pace that you're going at, the things that you're defining as success, as value, as identity, you might be trying to define it two different ways. And if you do that, you're gonna be forever frustrated. So God wants to take that out from us and he wants us to walk confidently into 2024, into the new things of God. Can I tell you another benefit of slowing down before I go to number two here? It's the beautiful thing about slowing down is that when when we slow down, it actually allows us to speed up. If you slow down and get in the grace of God, you'll find that at every doorway, at every threshold of your life, at every transition, there is fresh grace for you to move forward. I found that in my life. There were some times where it was harder. There were some times where it was easier. It's kind of dependent on my delight now that I, I look 2020, uh, hindsight is 2020, but I look back and I realize, dude, a lot of the clarity that I needed, it was found in delighting in the Lord. 
It was found in the Matthew 6, close your door, get alone with God. And I want to speak this over you. Many of you guys are trying, especially the Southeastern students who are not present because of winter break. But um, I really believe the Lord has some new things for us in store here in the church. And I believe the Lord has some new things for maybe some of the business people here. Maybe you're trying to figure out, well, what's my next course of action? What am I supposed to do after this? Where am I supposed to go? Can I tell you the clarity that you need, the confidence, the faith that you need to step out and what doesn't seem like it's there is found when you slow down. It's found when you get alone with him. There's no one more equipped, no one more excited, no one more desiring to birth the things of God in you than the Holy Spirit. But I wanna ask us, are you too busy to slow down and hear his voice? Because he's calling to us. Number two, just as much as I believe the Lord is calling us to attune, slow down, press in with him, I believe that the broken, the wounded, and the weary will find their voice again. I believe that there are some people here today that are broken. You're weary. You feel like you've been taken out. You don't know if you can go another step. You're wounded. I wanna tell you, I wanna prophesy this to you in faith. You're gonna find your voice again. Heart of the Father, you're gonna find your voice again. You might be broken, you might be hurting, but you will find your roar again. You're gonna find it when you slow down. You're gonna find it in him. So many of us have experienced loss and disappointment and tragedy. So many of my friends have lost their jobs. A lot of People here, I remember Brandon had an altar, uh, uh, asked people that have exp experienced loss of a loved one within the last year, and uh, to his surprise, it was more than like three or four people he jotted on his list. There was like 30, right? There's a lot of people here. There's nothing that will question what you believe about God more than loss, more than disappointment. It'll really expose what's in there. Maybe tragedy has left you feeling hopeless. Maybe it makes you feel like you're in pieces. You're angry, you're lost. The loss has made you feel confused and wounded. And the thing about the enemy is he doesn't play fair. He capitalizes on those weak moments. And he takes every opportunity to snuff us out. But I wanna tell you, you're gonna find your voice again. You're gonna find your voice again. I hope somebody can grasp that today. There's hope for you. God is still on his throne. Sonia has a whiteboard in our house and she wrote this down. You may feel, you, you may have experienced loss, but you are not lost. I hope you can grab that this morning. Maybe. 
you haven't experienced something huge, but you're feeling those things, you're not lost. What you may see as a setback in your life, I'm telling you by the spirit of the Lord, I feel this in my heart, it's a divine setup. God is setting you up to get alone with him and to roar again for his glory. God's gonna see you through. God's gonna see you through. Psalm 34, if you don't mind pulling that up, Psalm 34. You guys doing okay? Cool. Psalm 34, 18, I believe the Lord would say this to the broken and hurting in here today and the lost. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He's close, he's not far away. He saves those who are crushed in spirit. The righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. The Lord is going to deliver you in this season. Those of you that feel lost, those of you that don't know if you can say yes to God again, those of you that are not sure if you can trust him, you've met an impasse or a mountain that seems so big, but I wanna tell you, your God is bigger. He's bigger. He's more trustworthy. Jaden shared this phrase with me that so powerful. Hopefully I don't butcher it. He said, um, freedom is not the absence of something, but the presence of someone. I'm gonna say that one more time. Freedom in God is not the absence of your trial. It's not the absence of your loss, but it's the presence of Jesus in the midst of it that's going to bring you breakthrough. That's going to strengthen and root your faith in him once again. Second Chronicles 16, nine says, the eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those who har- whose hearts are fully committed to him. He sees the widow's might, those of you that feel broken, and his eyes are attentive, they're looking throughout the whole earth to strengthen you today because he knows what is in your heart, right? He's trustworthy. Romans eight thirty two tells us that if he didn't spare his son, how will he not also give us everything that we need? He is that kind of father in God. Barry referenced it a little bit this morning, but Sonia and I have experienced great loss. We've experienced great loss. I, you know, we just had Thanksgiving and I was honestly dreading. Uh, I, on the surface, I looked great, but deep down I was like, man. You know, my cousin who Sonia was sharing about we lost his life. And then just a month later, Um, My wife lost her sister in a terrible accident. And it's these kind of dark moments that you wonder, can I still trust God? 
You know, according to Barna, the number one reason people leave the faith is because of their theology on suffering. That's hard. You know, I, um, in the midst of all this loss, I felt somebody praying for me, for our family. You guys were loving on us. I want to say thank you for that, but I got this thing in me, you know, I, I, I had to come back and preach and I was just thinking about the holidays and, and all of that stuff. And I'm like, man, God, do I still have it in me? And there's this thing that just kind of rose up within me. And I said, if I'm going down, come on, I feel the spirit of the Lord. Some of you have felt down. I said to myself, and it wasn't by my, me mustering it, it up in me, but I just felt the Lord just say this to me. If I'm going down, I'm going down swinging. And some of you, this, this is the thing that frustrates me. Because I hate the devil and I hate how he manipulates and capitalizes on those dark areas. But I'm so tired of us being Christians where the devil is unapologetically, without shame, beating you up in public. And we get in here and we're like, thank you, Jesus. Jesus, just deliver me. All right, Court Russell would say it's like we're trying to fight the devil instead of with the sword of the spirit. We're trying to butter his back with a butter knife. I wish there were some people that would rise up and get, we, we call this, you know, in, in sports, we, we call it get that dog in you. You just get that dog in you. Brother Stevens, you got that dog in you. You got that dog in you that says, I don't care what I'm going through. I'm moving forward in faith. Devil, you think you can beat me up, but I'm coming back. And God is doing that in this body. If you feel broken and weary, it's time to turn the corner. He can help you. God can help you. But we have to make a choice. Where do I want this to end? You know, part of feeling lost and, and, and all of those feelings and those things that get us stuck, right? Loss can get you feeling stuck or it can get you moving and your mind and your heart and your spirit just not be there. And the thing is like the Lord, if we would slow down, right? God wants to align those things and he wants to breathe that fight in our souls again. But I'm so tired of giving God cheap worship. Can I just be vulnerable? I'm tired of giving God my leftovers. He's not worthy of that. He's not worthy of my cheap worship. You know, um, there's a precious cry that is going to rise up within this body. And, it, and I believe that it's been initiated with our new album coming out. Subtle plug there. Uh, it's called Offering of Praise. I dare not give God something that is so cheap anymore. He's so not worthy of that. I want to ask you, have you been giving him cheap worship in your life? I'm not just talking about the songs. I'm talking about the slow down. If you're broken, listen, you can only turn to Jesus. He alone holds the words of life. You may think in suffering that God is against you. He's not. He's about his glory. 
And he's about many people coming to salvation. And he's about using what the devil meant for evil and turning it, repurposing. He's, he's reassigning the job description that the devil meant for harm against your life to set you back, to keep you stuck, to actually be the thing that propels you forward. Come on. God's going to cause you to rise above. But man, there's something in me. I desire to see this at heart of the Father where we don't, we're not okay with the devil beating us up in public, but then we're quiet. We're apologetic about our worship. Right? This goes back to those early days where we just didn't care about what people thought, right? God was so good. He was so rich. He was so fulfilling in our lives. Who's going to get that dog in them again? It's the tenacity to say yes to Jesus against all odds. And I believe the Lord has been forming that in Sonia and I as we've given him our weak yes. Our weak yes. Guys, listen, your weakness is a platform for his perfect strength to be put on display in your life. I've known that, I've experienced that just in the little time with him. Um, can you pull up that, that quote for me? So here's what I wanna tell you, finding your voice again, those of you that feel like you've lost it. These hardships that you've experienced, that you're going through, they actually have the capability of forming something within you. Listen to me close. The setbacks you have experienced, the loss, the discouragement, where you feel like the devil has come in and beat you up and put you in a corner and took your lunch money, those moments have the ability to either keep you trapped or to actually form something of worth that will push you into the purposes of God. Listen to this quote. I'm gonna read this from my phone. Hopefully you can see it. This is a quote from a gentleman named George Matheson. He's a Scottish theologian who ministered in the late 19th century. These hardships have the ability to form you. My soul, reject not the place of thy prostration. It has ever been the robbing room for royalty. Ask the great ones of the past, what has been the spot of their prosperity? And they will say, it was the cold ground on which I once was lying. Ask Abraham, he will point you to the sacrifice of Moriah. Ask Joseph and he will direct you, direct you to his dungeon. Ask Moses and he will date his fortune from his danger in the Nile. Ask Ruth and she will bid you to build her monument on the field of her toil. If you ask David, he will tell you that his songs came from the night. Ask Job and he will remind you that God answered him 
out of the whirlwind. If you ask Peter, he will extol his submission in the sea. You ask John and he will give you the palm of Patmos. You ask Paul and he will attribute his inspiration to the light that struck him blind. Ask one more, the son of man. Ask him whence has come his rule over the world and he will answer from the cold ground on which I was lying, the Gethsemane ground, I received my scepter there. I wanna tell you today that your hardships are the entry point for your purposes in God. The setback that you're feeling is a divine setup. If you would turn your perspective that way. I'm not saying it's easy. You can't do it on your own. But I'm telling you, when you slow down to get the perspective of God and allow him to wash over the fears and the feelings and the things that you just can't comprehend, he will give you his vision and he will give you that that drive within you to push you forth into the purposes of God because that's what he's about. I love this scripture in Hebrews 10, 39. It talks about that dog that is in some of us that the Lord is raising up. It says, I don't belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are being saved. I truly believe that God is giving you your voice back. You're gonna walk into 2024 and yeah, there's gonna be some speed bumps. There's gonna be some hard things, but I believe that God is pulling us through into the plans and purposes and divine will that he has set out before us. And maybe some of you feel like you're just holding on to Jesus just by the little tassel on the hem of his garment. Can I tell you that's the entry place for the woman with the issue of blood's healing? If you would just get that tenacity that says, I'm not going anywhere until you give me my blessing, Jacob. I'm not going to wait till the line slows down or when... There's enough people in here to truly worship before I bust a hole in the roof and lay my friend down because I'm pulling him through. There are people in this room that are waiting on you. Their breakthrough is in some form or fashion dependent. It's part of us being joined together. Heart of the Father, he's pulling us through. And it's not just on an individual basis. It's together. It's together. Every joint supplying, one body, many members, different giftings built on the foundation of Jesus. That's a people of God that can share the gospel no matter the weather, no matter the storm, no matter the hardship. God is repurposing the hardship We know that in all things, and I'm closing here, we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according 
to his purposes. He's forming you. I love that first song, man. I love that first song. He, he's not finished, he's just getting started. I believe the Lord would say, he would whisper to our hearts this morning if you're feeling lost and you're feeling like, I don't know if I can hold on any longer. He's holding on to you and he would whisper you, to you today, I'm just getting started. Your breakthrough is on the other side. I'm gonna pull you through. I haven't had the last word quite yet. Here's my last scripture, Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. You can pull that up. This scripture has been gripping me um, the last month or so. Look at that first sentence there. It says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened. Anybody burdened, weary in here? Jesus would tell you today, I will give you rest. You know, the funny thing about that word, come to me, it kind of implies stop going to other things when you're weary and heavy burden. Come to me. Come to me. Next scripture. Come to me. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. That's that rat race thing we're talking about, that air of humanism. What am I chaining myself to? What am I joining myself to? Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Get my wisdom, my perspective on life, for I'm gentle and I'm humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. It's not an if, you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. If you'd like to join us on a Sunday morning or other weekly gathering, know that you're more than welcome. And if you'd like other resources on or about this ministry, or for any deeper questions you may have, be sure to visit our website at hotfmlakeland.com.